0: Hello, everybody. It's Nathan Graham and Stevie Susie. Huh? You got it. <laughs> Welcome to the What the Funky Gold Medina is Real Estate Podcast. Um, yeah, no. Welcome to episode three. Hopefully, you've been tagging along. Uh, please, this is the podcast where we're helping answer your questions and just talk bluntly about what it means to be a real estate agent. We've been focusing on newer agents for the first little uh, beginning of this. Um, but I myself have 12 years of experience. I've been on teams and operated teams. And Stevie, you've had seven, six years? I'm in seven my
1: seventh year, Yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: Seven-year experience, and you've operated a massive team. So we're going to be touching on a little bit of everything uh, when it comes to real estate.
1: Yes. Yeah. One of the biggest questions, or I guess I should say most commonly asked questions that we get asked, especially from new agents, is do I join a team or do I go solo? It's one of the biggest things that people struggle with and have the most curiosity around. And also I think don't necessarily fully understand. Um, I often get asked what, you know, what it even looks like to join a team and how does that work and you know, all that sort of stuff. So we're going to dive into that today um, and answer all your questions. Yeah.
0: And just, I want to give a little bit of background. So I'm going to defend the solo agent part today of why you should be a solo agent. Stevie will chat about why you should join a team. A little bit of background though, as I mentioned, and I like telling this bit of background, I've been in real estate coming up to 12 years. Uh, My first year in real estate was absolutely horrendous, struggled a whole lot. It was absolutely horrible. So I did what many people did, chose to do. And I joined a team and I've been a part of two teams now, uh, in my past career. And, and one team, um, it really taught me how to build a business. And then the second team really taught me customer service. They, they were like night and day different. So you are experiencing, and as I mentioned, Stevie, you operate what your team's only what, like number three in the whole region, uh, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we're, uh,
1: we're definitely in the top, uh, I think one or 0.5% of the entire Toronto real estate board. Um, And we are the number three team in our uh, direct area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
0: we we kind of have a lot of experience when it comes into this. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: let's dive into it. First thing, I just want to get out of the way. Everything in in real estate we talk about is about leverage. And when you join a team, you're leveraging a portion of your responsibility out, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You do not need to join a team. I just want to kind of get this out of the way. Not everybody works well as a solo agent and they do very well on a team. And there's a lot of people who join teams who work really well as solo agents. Uh, So please, we're not really going to be for or against either opinion in this. We just want to explain both of them. Um, But know you have the capability to just do this on your own if that's what you choose to do. And if you do choose to join a team, you have not failed. You've just chosen to take a little bit of growth trajectory that was a little different than maybe you initially planned. So. I just want to get that part out of the way right now is this is definitely not a fail or a win uh, to join a team or not join a team. It's a growth trajectory conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I will say is that I personally am a huge advocate for real estate teams. I think there is so much value there. Um, I think a lot of people tend to get caught up on much like choosing a brokerage and we've, we've spoke about this, but they tend to get caught up on splits and that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff. However, guys, at the end of the day, half of some money is better than 100% of no money, right? If you're not making any money, what do you care what your split is? So I'd I'd say that right off the bat. The other thing I would say is, while I am a huge advocate for real estate teams, because I've had great success on them and I see um, how much value truly is there in more ways than just business, by the way. um, I also will say there is being solo, you know, sky is the limit as well. And the one thing I would say is that if you are going to be a solo agent, as long as you join a great brokerage that has great support, mm-hmm. you will be just fine as well. So just keep that in mind, even as a brand new agent, that at the end of the day, it all comes back to your brokerage. Choosing a brokerage is a huge thing because that's what the, a team is. Op- a good team under a good brokerage is more powerful than a team under a, a brokerage that doesn't yes. offer a lot of support. And um, again, as a solo agent, if you have a brokerage that has a lot of support, you may not need a team. So it really just depends on you know, your yourself and where you're looking to take your career and uh, what your strengths and your weaknesses are. So.
0: Perfect. So let's dive right in. Uh, Stevie, I'm a new agent, or maybe I'm a struggling agent. Maybe I've been in the industry Mm -hmm. for a few years and it hasn't really come together. Tell me why, What? what, why should I even bother joining a team? What's the benefit?
1: Yeah. So this is this I'm going to go into a rabbit hole here. This is a a deep dive into my opinion on this because there's so many different avenues and um, just, you know, personal preferences and just it's circumstantial in a lot of ways. So I'm going to dive into a a, a couple different scenarios here and and what I see. So as a brand new agent, I'm going to start off with the value in joining a team. So as I mentioned, a lot of people tend to get caught up on splits. Of course it is something you need to pay attention to it is the financials of your business i understand it is important as i just said half of some money is better than 100 percent of no money and what i'm getting into with that is that as a brand new agent we know that the first year is known to be one of the toughest years right the first two years we tend to see the highest rate of real estate agents that drop out of the mm-hmm. business
0: four out of five
1: mm-hmm. and i'm going to tell you something A lot of the reason is, is because they simply just cannot afford to stay in the business. It's not that they didn't have the potential to be a great agent. It's not even that they weren't doing all the stuff they should have been doing. It's just that they simply did not have enough time to be able to wait to see those results. Because when you have a house, a mortgage, kids, like whatever it is, sometimes you simply just cannot afford to stay in the business if you're not making a single dollar. Right. And so, again, one thing that we see a lot of brand new agents do is they come in, they focus on all the wrong things. They think they need to shell out all this money and advertising and marketing and yada, yada, yada. They forget to just do the bare minimum of what they actually need to do. So where a team comes in here and where there's a lot of value is one, not only do teams keep your costs low in the beginning of your career. Right. Most team leaders, again, every team is different, but most teams cover expenses for almost everything office space, when you actually do get a listing, you know, all the marketing, the photography, the staging, all that sort of stuff. So while you are splitting your your mm-hmm. commission with them, you are also not putting out any money for anything. So in a way it all works out in the wash.
0: So actually let's dive into that. Okay. So a little bit, um, how much are like business cards, signs, just that general startup. So if I, if I'm a new agent, and I, I need to go buy it. Like, what, what did that cost? Yeah.
1: Well, you know what? I mean, again, there's, there's, it depends, right? There's, exactly. there's, you know, I, so I know from, I can tell my personal story when I first joined, I, um, I went in with the mindset that I would never join a team, by the way, I ended up on a team. Um, and so I went and got all my branding done. I got my signs. I just did Vista print. So it was mm-hmm. like, you know, what, like a hundred bucks for like a ton of cards. Um, but they weren't very good, but so I did that. I paid, about a $1,000, maybe a little bit more to do all like my signs, my photos, open house signs, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I never even got to use them. So, you know, that's some, there's that something, there's something to be said for that. <laughs> yeah. I never even got to use them. So I okay. still have these signs sitting in my garage that I never used.
0: So, so your marketing, let's just say sometimes I, I knew one printer that had like a, a realtor package mm-hmm. for like four signs, five open houses, whatever it is, like 500 bucks. So 500 bucks, a thousand bucks saves you out that yep. at the gate. Um what what does an office generally go for uh, in office rents?
1: Again, depends. I would say on average around three hundred probably could be more, you could be, be a little be less. It, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And and just but very quickly too, a lot of brokerages will have a a bullpen type scenario where they'll have group computers. If you don't want to rent your own office, some brokerages will even give you a free office throughout the year. Um, but that bullpen might be a good viable option too. By the way, mm-hmm. it's just. It's a bullpen you'll be sharing it with other people that's the big thing to yep. remember so
1: yeah if it gets utilized a lot okay. of the office again office dynamic that's a big one some some offices are a ghost town yep. so it really depends but anyway so getting back into it um point is is that there's a lot of expensive and not not even just your startup expenses like we were just mentioning with you know your signs your cards all that sort of stuff but if you do even have the opportunity to get a listing right There's a lot of expenses that go into that if you want to market it correctly. And um, one thing to be said there that I always talk about um, is that, you know, we're not experiencing it so much in this market right now because of the low inventory and how crazy everything is. But I promise you in your real estate career, you will at some point experience a listing that doesn't sell. It happens to the best of us. It can be for many, many reasons. Even, you know, something happens in your seller's lives and plans just change and Mm -hmm. it does happen. And so with a team, you are not the one that is out thousands of dollars for marketing that property. Mm-hmm. The team leaders are. So in certain situations, like, you know, there's a huge value there. There's a huge benefit, especially for a brand new agent who doesn't really have that money to spend. Right. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And actually I just want to touch on that because you're absolutely correct there. Um, man, I, I think we're, we keep like on my team, we keep our costs really tight mm-hmm. and I think we're up to about 1500 to $2,000 per listing that if it doesn't sell, that's just gone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's just gone. And you obviously hope that you know, when those people do go to relist or whatever it is, that of course they'll still use you. So eventually, you know, it'll all work out. But again, what's the reason that listing didn't sell? It can be for many reasons. And one of those could be maybe you two weren't the right fit for each other, you, a realtor and client. So maybe you won't get that business again. Um, so it really just depends. But that is one of the biggest things to think about when it comes to the financial side of things, because that is the one thing that I find a lot of agents get caught up on, right? They're so concerned with giving away their hard-earned money, but, you know, there's different ways to look at it. On top of that, the value that a team can bring you in terms of getting your business up and running quicker and learning the ropes of the entire industry faster, as opposed to maybe going through that Mm -hmm. full year or two years of that real struggle period, right? I think of being on a team and learning can alleviate a lot of that pain um, because you have people there that are teaching you, that are showing you the ropes, even giving you leads in business in some circumstances, depending mm-hmm. on what team you join. Right. So um, again, I find that people get so caught up in not wanting to give away their commission, but it's like, if you spend a whole year barely doing any business because you're struggling you know, at least with a team, you're getting some money if you're doing some yeah. business, right? If they can kind of help that take off quicker for you.
0: And, and, and there's something really good to touch on there too, because, um, well, there's actually a whole lot to touch on on that yeah. one, because there's a whole lot that was just said there. Um, they So going back to that that training, that mentoring portion mm-hmm. of it, you know, when you get into real estate, you have a few options. Um, a lot of times you'll have broker of records or people in the office who will teach and train, but that's not really their primary job. Mm-hmm. And And I, I'm personally a part of a brokerage that's very big on education. Mm -hmm. It's still a class and you still sometimes miss that one-on-one personality. Mm -hmm. And then, so maybe the next step you're thinking, well, if I need this help, I go hire a coach. A coach can run anywhere from $500 a month to $1,000 a month and higher. Right. And you're still not getting, you might get, um, a couple of different models once every two weeks, one hour, or you might get a half an hour every week. So you're getting four hours of access for that $1,000. Where if you have an experienced team leader who has a vested interest in seeing you grow, you will have one-on-one time throughout the week, and you'll have the ability to rely on that individual.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, uh, something that doesn't get talked about enough is just the overall environment, right? There's something to be said for being in a situation with other team members and experienced team leaders and maybe other experienced mm-hmm. team leaders that have, or um, team members, sorry, that have been in the industry longer than you, listening to their conversations, right? Being in an office where you can hear them speaking with clients and how those conversation goes and what they say and how they handle objections, um, being part of like a system and exactly how, how things are run and what you should be doing on a day to day basis. Because one of the things is and one of the things that new agents struggle with the most is when you come into real estate and you kind of think like, what do I do now? Like, how do I actually get business? What am I, what are my days supposed to look like? Right? You wake up every day wondering like, what do I do today? And so being on a team also gives you a lot of that structure and that accountability and that learning on the important things that you actually do need Mm -hmm. to be doing on a daily basis. It is way too easy for us as new realtors to get caught up doing the wrong things. And a lot of that is, the branding, the social media, the fun stuff, the stuff that we look forward to because we're new and we get to create this brand for ourselves. But that doesn't matter if you don't have clients. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that a lot of uh, new realtors don't understand. So having someone to be able to guide you and point you in the right direction of what you should be doing on a daily basis and giving you some structure and giving you an office to come into to you know, have a proper work environment and stuff like that, I personally think is very, very valuable.
0: Mm -hmm. And and I think with that, you also have this awesome social environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember when I was new, I was a little different than I am now, where I wasn't as independent. I wanted to be around people. I still always want to be around people, but I really wanted to be around people. Some people just don't like working alone all the time. They like to have camaraderie. They like to have someone to joke around with in the office and and someone there.
1: Yeah. That is one of the biggest things that I always touch on when I would interview people for growing uh, our team or, you know, just in, in general, when I talk about teams, I always talk about how important that environment is. There are a lot of people that enjoy real estate teams above and beyond the business side of it and the mm-hmm. financial side of it, because that's just not what it's all about always. Um, money's not everything. Right. And I've always said this, I'm a genuine, I genuinely believe that people will always thrive in an environment that they are happy in, as opposed to somewhere where they're just chasing a good split or a dollar figure yes. or whatever it is. And so with teams, one thing I can tell you guys is that this business can get very lonely, especially when you are on your own. And let's just say you have a deal going sideways, or maybe you have a client that's frustrating you or just whatever it is. Sometimes I know for me, when I try to talk to my friends and family about real estate sometimes, <laughs> it's so frustrating because they ask him, well, I thought you were with this brokerage, but you, you're with this team now. Did you switch? And, and I'm like, oh my God, how many times do I have to explain to you that like, it's the, we're mm-hmm. the team under the brokerage. And anyway, it just gets so frustrating that I'm like, I can't even talk to you about this anymore because I can't keep answering your questions and you just don't get it. And so there's something to be said for being able to chat with people that just mm-hmm. get it, that you can bounce ideas off of, that you can vent to, that understand, that- you know, you can just learn from and just have experiences with every day. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things I've always loved the most about a team.
0: Yeah. That's so important to bring up too, because if you're new to the industry, you may not know this yet. If you're experienced, I'm sure you have experienced this yet. And if the general public is watching this, I really do not mean to insult you, but nobody really knows what our job is. Except other realtors. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this weird fine balance between giving your your clients the freedom to make their choices as they rightfully should, yet also guiding them down a path that gets them into home ownership and one of the best decisions of their life. Mm -hmm. It's a balance, and it's a balance not a lot of people understand or get. So when you're on a team and you're surrounded by people who understand that frustration, then you get that extra motivation or you have that, or you're on that team that understands that, Hey, this just went south. We go out, this is our philosophy in our team. You yeah. have a bad deal. You go out, you have a beer or two or three that night. And then the next morning it's done and we're back at it. Right. Yeah. So it's good to have just that support around you.
1: For sure. And, um, on top of that, I, I would add, before I touch on the thing that I actually think is one of the most valuable things about a team, I'll get into it in a minute, but just to wrap this point up, um, The healthy competition, too. There's something to be said for that as well that I always really enjoyed about a team dynamic and Mm -hmm. the thing that always pushed me and and I'll give you a little explanation of my story. So when I first joined a team and just was learning the ropes and figuring it all out, um, once I started doing deals and whatnot, the way our team works is we have a, a team group chat. And we always page out every deal that we do every listing that we sell every listing that we get when it's hitting the market all the information all that sort of stuff so that everyone in our team is always kept in the loop of what's going on and can tell their clients about it and just all that sort of stuff right and so you i started feeling like well i don't want to be the one that's never paging out a deal i don't want to be the one that goes months at a time without ever you know you know i'm the only one mm-hmm. that's not doing a deal so you do you start getting this kind of healthy competition when you see someone else on on your team doing well it like it does push you and naturally drives you to want to do a little bit better and i remember i had sort of stepping stones of how my career started taking off so i started when my team was just starting to grow so there was only a few of us and so I had one team member who was the, the next in line of like, he was like the one I was going after. I'm like, I, w- I want to do as many deals as him, yeah. you know, like I'm coming after you kind of thing. So um, it was always good though. That always helped drive me and just a good, healthy competition and always just motivated me to want to do better and do more. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's really, really huge too.
0: Awesome. All right. So I'm, I'm curious now, what's this most important
1: thing? So the most important thing that I think people need to look at when they are considering joining a team or considering staying solo. When, especially as a new realtor, I'm gonna say, when you come out of the education here uh, for the Toronto Real Estate Board, as I had mentioned before, there is a big disconnect with our schooling, right? Mm -hmm. We come out and we're still left feeling like, what do I do now? How do I actually get clients? How do I get business? How do I even get someone to trust me to sell their house? Like, what am I doing? And so my question that I would ask you um, when it comes to splits and all this stuff that you get caught up on, or you may get caught up on, if you actually had the opportunity to go into a listing interview with someone, would you even be able to convert the business? Mm. Would you, could you even get that business? Do you know enough? Are you confident enough in yourself? Do you have enough skill, especially if you were in competition with other agents? Cause keep in mind, most sellers interview one or two, three, four agents, especially right now in the market that we're in.
0: 60% only interview one.
1: Yeah, it it depends. Right. And so, and sure you'll get some that will, will, will not interview more, but oftentimes you will be in competition with other really well-known agents in your area. So would you even be able to convert that business? And so the reason I say that that is so important is because for example, my team leaders would go on listing appointments with me. And I'm going to, I'm going to give an example of, of when the value really clicked for me with a team, my very first listing appointment that I ever went on the very first time I had the opportunity to interview for someone's listing, my team leader came with me and the situation was, um, unfortunately this woman's husband had just passed away. Suddenly they were actually a younger couple and, and he had, he had passed away and it was unexpected. And so the house was going through probate and all that sort of stuff. And so we go into this listing appointment, and she is asking all of these questions about probate and this and that, and selling the house and, and whatnot. And for anyone who doesn't know what probate is, it's it's the process after you know someone's passed away and a house needs to kind of change title to be able to be sold or or whatever's going to happen with it. And so it has to get dealt through the lawyers. And so anyway. I wouldn't have been able to answer a single one of those questions. I just didn't know. I, I would have had no idea. And so thank God that my team leader was with me. And I remember sitting in like, ah, uh, watching him like, Oh my God. Like, I just, he was able to answer everything and just knew so much. And I learned so much myself on that very first listing interview and just realized how much value was there. Because if I had gone on my own, not a chance, would I've gotten that listing and we did end up getting it. And not only were we listing her house, she also had a vacant lot to, to list as well. So my very first listing interview, I got two listings out of, and that was, I will say all due to my team leader. Yeah. So huge value there because even if you have the opportunity, can you get the business?
0: And before we move on to the solo agent, there's there's a couple of conversations I just want to bring up around this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Interview teams. Um, okay. Not all teams are the same, yet we all talk a good game. It's wherever, like interviewing we're brokerages. Sales. It's like interviewing yeah. brokerages. Yeah. We are sales people. Um, not all teams provide leads. A lot of teams do. Not all team splits are the same. A lot are. Not all teams are providing good training. Mm-hmm. A lot are. And, and there's almost like a bit of a trap here. And this is just a cautionary tale. Sometimes you have people start up a team because they've drawn. in theory. This is the way it should be mm-hmm. is uh, when I started my team, I was ready to pull my hair out. Uh, I never saw my family. I was showing way too many homes. Oh my goodness. I, I had three open houses one weekend and I could only do one myself clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, that's what prompted me to start a team. Now, I also taught all the new agents in my brokerage at the current time, so I was able to actually take somebody and help mold them, teach them, and train them, and give them an ability to stand out and become a leader themselves. Sometimes, though, people start teams just purely out of greed. Mm -hmm. I can sell 10, 20 houses, yet if I hire Stevie, and she sells 20 houses, and I now get paid off everything she does, and I just make money, and I'm not actually going to provide a lot of support towards Mm -hmm. that, so that's a cautionary tale. The other thing too is sometimes you have big teams. Now, big teams are phenomenal because they usually have great systems, great education, great scripts. They're really gonna get you up and running. Just know though that you are a little bit more of a cog in the wheel, right? And that's may not be exactly where you wanna go. So if I were a brand, I'm just saying, if I were to, a brand new agent restarting again today, uh, I would probably look at a mega team or a big team that teaches me those systems and then let them, once I become really good, let them prove their value to me to keep me.
1: I want to touch on that in a minute. Yeah.
0: So actually, I'll uh, I'll let you touch on that because there's one more thing I want to talk about when it comes to money. So I'll let you touch on that right now first and we'll okay. switch gears. So that's
1: so. another thing that I think, again, you need to really figure out uh, when joining a team. Like Nathan was saying, it's very important, much like interviewing brokerages, it's important to interview around and find a team that is the best fit for you and that aligns with you, right? However... I would say, and this is my personal opinion, um, but in my experience, I would say if you are a brand new agent, personally, I would say stick to a smaller team, 10 people mm-hmm. and under. And the reason I say that is because you are gonna get more of that one-on-one attention. You're gonna get mm-hmm. more of that, you know, maybe even possibly some more opportunity with, with a smaller team and, and stuff like that to kind of you know dive in, get your hands dirty. If you are maybe a more veteran agent, and maybe you are still struggling. I will say one of the biggest things that agents will always struggle with, which is the lifeline of our business, is lead generation. Mm-hmm. It simply is the thing that even agents that have potential to be fantastic agents and are great agents just can't get a consistent business because they struggle with lead gen. It happens. And so if you are more of a veteran agent that's looking to join a team because you're just you know struggling or can't break a ceiling or whatever it is. If you're someone who maybe knows what you're doing, you don't want to feel so much like an employee, you don't really need that one-on-one, but you want the systems, you want the models, you want the support, you want the accountability, a larger mega team might be for you because you don't feel like you're so like, you have a boss hanging over your head. You're free to kind of have your own freedom and do what you want and still do you, but you're still getting the advantages of all the stuff the team is providing. So it depends on where you're at in your career and what would be a best fit for you. But that's something to consider when looking at teams.
0: And we talked about that money aspect. This is a 2016-2017 stat, so I know we're going back a bit. I haven't looked them up recently, but at the time, the average wage for a realtor was roughly thirty-five thousand dollars a year. The at the company I was with, which was a very team-focused company, the average earnings on a team was roughly eighty-five thousand dollars a year. Right. So, so again, I, I want to touch on one of Stevie' points from earlier. Everybody gets gets caught up in in splits, mm-hmm. yet statistically you will make more money on a team than you will on your own, uh, especially going in that first few years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Anything yeah. else about teams on that side?
1: No, I would, and I would just honestly add on again, uh, depending on your situation, depending on, you know, where you're at or what brokerage you're at and what fees you're paying and this and that. And especially if you're someone who's in production and you're spending money on listings, mm-hmm. maybe you have office space, whatever, if you actually break down and do the math. Sometimes it's actually cheaper to be on a team.
0: It can be, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. so just again, without, you know, people get too caught up right off the hop on how much money they're giving away. But, Mm -hmm. um, I would encourage, Oh, one other thing I will touch on here. And again, I think I touched on it in in our previous episodes, but, um, if you guys have ever read the millionaire real estate agent, which if you haven't, you should, it is the real estate Bible. Mm -hmm. One thing it talks about is, and it's very true. We are one of the only professions where you do not have to practice for a long time before you go into the field, right? Look at the medical field. You have to practice for years and years and years before you're ever able to operate on someone or something like that. Mm-hmm. With us, you do a bit of schooling and they throw you right in and you're dealing with some of the biggest transactions of people's lives. So to be honest with you, the better perspective and the better mindset to come in, you would actually better to come in and work to learn before you work to earn. Yes. And you will, I promise you, you will have a better future that way. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, yes. I like that you said that. I've been big on that lately. Yeah. All right individual agents okay so why would you not join a team ego um that's a big (laughs) one i like my name on signs um no okay but on a serious note uh, you're we we talk about this every you're probably gonna hear this every single podcast we do your job is not to sell houses your job is to lead generate lead generate lead generate what's your number one job Lead generate. what's your number two job
1: lead follow-up i'm sorry lead generate lead (laughs) lead follow-up too yeah um, part 1A, part 1B, they go to
0: I'm very afraid to go to number three now after that response. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, your, your job is lead generation, lead generation, lead generation. This is a discipline matter. Uh, most people, again, join teams because they are not lead generating. Real estate is straight up a numbers game. You get 20 contacts a day, 100 contacts a week. You will get seven to eight leads. Th- th- this has been proven over and over and over and over and over again. It depends on how dedicated you are to the lead generation process. If you are a lead generator, then go out on your own. You can start door knocking, start cold calling, get open housing. If you're connecting with people left, right and center and this part of the business does not bother you, this is how you become successful as an individual agent. The, the other hard part of, of joining a team and this is the opposing part is number one, as an individual agent, you're promoting your name. Now, I want to get something out of the way right now. People get so caught up in making changes in brokerages or their name being on signs. You have to be in this industry for a very long time and do a whole lot of business for your name to even matter. Like the, the top agent in Durham region who sells five 600 homes a year isn't even known in York region. Like that's how much a name really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Having said that, when you're on a team, you are promoting somebody else's name. If if you're with that house guy, you're promoting that house guy. If you're, I don't know, one of the major teams here, the Volpe Acorn team, Elcorn team? team. Sorry, I going to call me Acorn. Volpay Volpe Elcorn team. Um, you are promoting that name. Your name might be on the sign, but remember, you are building in towards that brand, and you're helping create their legacy. For me, when I became an individual agent, I wanted to create my own legacy. I wanted to create my own name. I wanted to create my own business. So uh, actually with that also being very self-sufficient in doing that, you're not getting the support. So I wanted to get my own coaches. I have a real estate coach. Now I highly recommend coaches. I like paying the administrator instead of using somebody else's. These are administrative tasks that I don't personally mind, but when you are on your own, you are everything in real estate. You're the lead generator. You're the administrator. You're the transaction coordinator. You're the showing assistant. You're the buying agent. You're the listing agent. You're, I don't know what else is there. There's just all these roles Mm -hmm. are under you. And I had no problem doing that. It's just, if you're not great at those roles, that's where a team might end up being that factor. Uh, Why else be an individual agent? Going back to the income level, uh, another team, and again, this is why if you do go the route of a team, it is very, very important that they don't cap your potential. As an individual agent, only you can cap your potential. Mm -hmm. Nobody else can. You can lead generate more to do more business. You can script better to close at higher ratios. This is all within your control. I heard this great story of, uh, of an agent in I believe it's the Niagara area. I don't want to mention names, but I'm sure if he ever hears this, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He came up here from the, from the US after having a very successful real estate career. And he got a real estate coach and he now started making $500,000 a year, which is absolutely great. He had a couple of buyer's agents. He had an administrator underneath him. He was generating his team. He got on the phone with his coach and he was like, you know what, man, I'm making $500,000 a year. I'm good. That's a lot of money to take home every single year. So I think I'm, I'm not really going to be expanding. And his coach looked at him and said, that is extremely selfish. And the guy's like, what do you mean? I'm, you mean making more money is less selfish? And the coach basically faltered and said, yes, because you cap your potential, you're also capping the potential of the people who work underneath you. And that is not fair to them, right? So as you venture into a team, understand a team can cap your potential. I, I'm trying to really figure out where else to go for individual agents here. What other questions would kind of come up on that I side mean, of it?
1: Yeah. So I think to, to tap into individual agents, I mean, obviously, again, there is the money factor. I mean, like I say, we always say don't get caught up in splits mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, and I think that is very important. Um, however, I think that if I'm being 100% honest, for a lot of people, teams are just a stepping stone, right? Mm-hmm. And it depends. And, and for most teams, you know, the, the more you do produce and the more value that you bring to the team, they should also work with you to provide you value to want to keep you around. But at the end of the day, um, you know, if you're really thinking big enough and you really want to make a, a great career at a real estate, the ultimate goal for yourself really should be to grow your own team eventually. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think there does become a natural progression of even with someone who does join a team who eventually would go on their own anyway. Not to say it happens for everyone. People stay on teams for different reasons, but. Um, but it just depends on where you're looking to take your career right so again with a soul as being a solo agent you have that potential like sky's the limit can you make more money potentially yes um and then you have the opportunity to then start growing out your own team and having people working under you and ultimately the goal of that is to be able to leverage people to make more money but actually do less and have more time back with your family and your life and to travel and do the things that you enjoy right and so i think you know again that's a big picture and that's not something that's going to happen right off the bat, but that's the thing with a solo mm-hmm. agent, right? You build, you build up your own business so large that you're now ready to take on people underneath you.
0: Mm-hmm. And I like that idea. Like talking about a stepping stone now as a, as a team leader, myself and operating a team, I don't ever want to be used as a stepping stone. Yes. I want people to stay forever with me. It just means I have to dream bigger than they can. to to keep them. And provide
1: value for them to keep them too, right? Yes. There's gotta come a time, sorry to cut you off but this is a common conversation you'll come across, right? There are team members that end up leaving teams when they become so successful on their own and they all of a sudden start feeling they don't have the value because they're providing, they're selling, like, put it this way. When a new team member comes on, you should, in my opinion, like, I don't know, again, you can argue this different ways, but I personally don't think you should necessarily be selling more houses than your team leader. Depending on the situation, depending on how large the team Mm -hmm. is, depending on if the team leader is still selling, whatever it is. But like, if you come on and you're the top selling on the team, and your split has never changed, or you know you're making them all this money, but they're not doing anything in return to incentivize you to stay, that's when you might become a stepping stone. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And there's some truth behind that, and I don't want to get caught up too much in it. Um, just because we want to talk about that individual side, but you're absolutely correct. Now, I do actually have a belief. I think every deal that the team leader does is actually taking away from their team and their team's opportunity. So there is actually a balance in this, I do believe. It depends on what you're contributing into the team versus what they're giving you, right? So with my team members now, um, they will sell more real estate than I will, largely because of the role I'm currently in at my brokerage. Uh, Having said that, I think they're selling more homes than I give them. Maybe than they get themselves. I remember last year, my one team members actually sold more homes than I did, mm-hmm. than I gave her, I should say. Yep. Uh, but the funny thing is I gave her such high price points that like she does she's actually done more multi-million dollar homes than I have. Yeah, right. So so there's there's always those give and take. But keep in mind if you join a team, you have a boss. And, and I cannot make this more clear than anything. That team leader, you are building them, you are you are serving them when you get a lead. That lead is theirs. It is not yours. When you do a deal, that counts towards them, not towards you. And and I want to be very clear, keep in mind, they are a boss, even though you are still self-employed to a degree. Yep. You are following their set of rules and everything they say. And for myself, I don't really work well with bosses. <laughs> I, um just ask my one now. Call and don't uh, listen. Yeah, call don't listen to that. No, uh, but even even my my current um current owner of the company he would attest that i need to be in more of a partnership type role and as a new agent if you are going to join a team suck it up for two years like just two years give it your all know that you're going to do what they say know that you're going to be working weekends when they're not know that you're going to be working evenings when they're not you will learn so much
1: if you go that route but you do have a boss yeah and you got to prove yourself a little bit too right like that's that's another thing i would say that people make a mistake when when joining a team and it actually working well for them is having the wrong mindset around it and, and not understanding that like at the end of the day, like, so for example, one thing we notice in teams, and again, we'll get back onto the Mm -hmm. solo train here in a minute, but it's just, it's all the stuff that, you know, people think about. And one thing I can say as someone who has been on the hiring side of a team, I'll be honest with you, like there, and this is why you need to interview around because there's certain teams that won't even hire a brand, brand new agent. And I'll tell you why. The reason is I know for us we were always open and we always are open to anyone who we feel is the right fit bottom line. However, The ideal candidate for us would actually be someone who is at least six months to a year into the business, who has tried it on their own, who has realized Mm -hmm. it's not as easy as they thought it was going to be, is feeling the pain and feeling the struggle, and is now ready to join a team because they will value what we're teaching them and giving them more. Whereas when you take a brand, brand new agent, you bring them onto a team, you give them all the tools, all the systems, Mm -hmm. all the everything that they would need to succeed, and they do well. They often turn around and go, this is easy. I can go do this on my own. See ya. And then essentially you became someone that they just came in, used, learned from, and then took off, right? So we get that a lot. And that's always going to happen. It is what it is. Like In this business, people are constantly switching, changing brokerages, this, that, whatever. Um, But yeah, there's something to be said Mm -hmm. for that, for sure.
0: And it's hard to be your own boss. Um, Again, I do not work well with bosses, especially people who act like bosses. Yeah, I'm a horrendous boss. I am so much more strict on myself. Like I I used to hate mornings. Now I'm up every single morning. I I would hate having to make office time, but now I'm making office time. These are things when, when you're an individual agent, you're shifting into your own boss. The difference is if you don't do your job, you don't get fired. You actually get to keep this mundane nothingness of you doing nothing. What happens though is you lose your house, you lose your family, you lose your cars, you lose your savings. Like you have to be a strict boss. You're putting it all on the line here. We are 100% commission based, and, and I don't know the actual stats, but I can tell you people who jump into this full time are far more likely to succeed mm-hmm. at a faster level than people who do it part time, yeah. uh, which is a whole other debate for another day. But you you have to be your own boss. You have to be strict. So sometimes when I, when I first joined the team, that was kind of the conversation is I wasn't a very good boss to myself. So I went and had to have a boss for a year and I did really well on that team. I still did have a boss. I had hours to be in. I had scripts I had to learn. Mm -hmm. So,
1: well, and on top of that, and that's a great point that you just brought up is at the end of the day, though, guys, what you have to remember is when you start as a real estate agent, you are essentially starting your own business. You become a business owner. And I don't know about any of you listening, but like, personally, I didn't go to school for business. I don't have a business degree. I didn't mm-hmm. know how to run a business. And so one of the biggest mistakes that agents make is they treat being a real estate and, and a real estate agent and having a real estate business, they treat it like a nine to five job. And it is not a nine to five job. And as a solo agent, yeah, you're, you don't have a boss and that can be yeah. looked at as a benefit, but also on the other hand, you don't have a boss. So you don't have someone that's telling you every day, you need to do this. This is what your day is going to look like. This is what I need you to get done today. You don't have anyone telling you that. So if you don't know what you should be doing, it's on you to figure it mm-hmm. out. It's on you to make sure that you run your day effectively to actually create business and create finances for yourself. And for some people, that is the biggest struggle is they run their business like a nine to five job rather than running it like a business. Right. And that's huge. That's huge.
0: Yeah, no, that is, I, I'm, I can't say anything beyond that because yeah. that is absolutely huge.
1: Yeah. And and yeah, it's it's one of the biggest things. Right. And so again, that's where, you know, a benefit of a team can come in, in terms of teaching you the ropes of now being a business owner, essentially. But again, not to steer away from, you know, I think we all, I think the perks of being a solo agent are very obvious. I think Mm -hmm. there's, there's, you know, a lot of perks of being a solo agent. There's a lot of, you know, great stuff, freedom, you know, sky's the limit for potential, all that sort of stuff. I think, the mystery is always around teams and how they work and the benefits mm-hmm. and why would someone want to give up their commission? So I think that's really what we're diving into a little bit more here is just why someone might choose a team and it may not be for you. It's not going to be for everybody, but these are the mm-hmm. reasons why a lot of people end up on teams. Yeah.
0: And your broker support might make a big difference into mm-hmm. that as well. So the, th- I, I know I'm going to be kind of switching to a, a semi-different topic when I say this, but teams and brokerages are the same thing. We're all They're all going to try to convince you why why they're the best. Mm-hmm. One person, one brokerage is going to be like, you can build yourself and only you. You don't have to spend time promoting us. Another one's like, well, our brand is the best. You can take ours. At the end of the day, it all depends on how hard you're going to work and the environment you want to work in, right? Yeah. And some brokerages um, just offer you nothing. Some, some brokerages are virtual. They don't have an office to go into. So you don't get that camaraderie that goes into that. They don't necessarily have coaching and training or anything. And, and that's okay. And maybe if that's an environment that you want, really have a loyalty to that brokerage, yet you don't find yourself succeeding. That's where you might find a team. Mm-hmm. Um, other. And when I say that's okay, uh, there, there was a great agent um, that I knew when I first started who the dude did like 35 ends his first year. And we were a very high culture, high touch brokerage that had you in the office it was not his thing. He left and went to like the cheapest brokerage he could find because he didn't want to know people. He didn't want to see people. And he still does 50 to hundred ends a year. Like the guy's a very highly successful agent. So that environment's not for everybody. Yeah. Some other ones though, offer um, free coaching to all new agents, offer extensive training programs, offer 24 hour support hotlines. If you have access to all these things, then maybe a team might not necessarily be the big jump because now maybe having your own personal coach for the first year that a brokerage pays for replaces what a team leader might teach you, right? Absolutely. So so this, this again, I know kind of ties into a brokerage choosing conversation. I think it kind of has to. If you want to be an individual agent, not all brokerages are designed to give you the support for that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Some brokerages are great for new agents, some are not if you want to join a team, not all brokerages support team structures either, right? So if joining a team is like the best way you think is to start off, interview the brokerage to see what their stances are, teams are, are they team friendly? Are they team heavy? Um, One last thing I'll touch on that too, is if you want to be an individual agent, maybe you start off as on a team, maybe you start off on your own, maybe join team, blah, blah, whatever. Picking that brokerage that's also team focused, think of your future goals. If maybe you're on a team, but your goal is one day to run a team, then you want to make sure you have a home that's going to help produce that.
1: Mm-hmm. Or
0: if you want to be like the example of a guy who just wants to sell a bunch of real estate, then you're going to have different homes for that too. Yeah. Right.
1: And I, so two points on that and we can maybe we'll start to wrap this up, but mm-hmm. um, it, it does, it all ties into each other. And I, I personally think it starts with the brokerage. I can't emphasize that enough. Just like Nathan had mentioned, um, it's important. The reason why I think it's so important is because as I had mentioned for a lot of people, a team is a stepping stone. And when I say stepping stone, I don't mean like a quick stepping stone. Like you can be on a team for a a majority of your career. But what I mean is that usually just naturally there does come a point where a lot of people want to go out on their own. Mm -hmm. So it does happen a lot of the time. And the important thing to understand is that when you go in business with a team leader and you're joining a team, it's important to understand the brokerage side of it as well, because again, how that team is being run can be a direct impact of how Mm -hmm. that brokerage is run and a reflection of that. And so that's not, that's really important. But on top of that, if a team is a stepping stone for you and then you eventually are going to leave the team and go off on your own, well, Hey, you're still under that brokerage. That is where your license is actually hung. That is Mm -hmm. really who you're in business with is the brokerage. And so that's important because, yeah, you can always switch brokerages and you can do that and whatnot. But, you know, nobody wants to be bouncing around from team, not to team, to brokerage, to brokerage, whatever. It's it's a lot and it, it complicates things in your business to be doing it all the time. Right. So at the end of the day, you are in business with a brokerage. It is very important. So you mm-hmm. want to make sure that ultimately because that's the top tier right there. You want to make sure ultimately that you align with that brokerage and then figure out if you align with the teams underneath the yes. brokerage, in my opinion. The one thing I will touch on, too, uh, benefits of a solo agent, something that I've learned in my career being uh, someone on a team, is that in most cases, as Nathan mentioned, the team leaders get all your stats, okay? (laughs) Okay. So let me tell you something. Yes, I do. (laughs) I've sold quite a few homes in my day. And if you were to pull up my stats anywhere, it wouldn't really show that. Mm -hmm. So your stats can get skewed a lot. Not that it really matters. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, at the end of the day, you're making money. You're selling homes. You know what you're doing. You know what's going on in your life. So don't worry too much about it. However, I know for me, my team leader gets all my stats. So, you know, again... I don't have if you go look at my stats, I don't show as many homes that I that I've actually sold or anything mm-hmm. like that. So if that's something that's really important to you, um, you know, that's one thing that will get skewed if you go on a team is your stats. So mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Yeah. All right.
0: This is going to go off the cusp. Okay. Top 5 bullet points why to join a team. Okay. Go. Uh, Top 5.
1: Support, atmosphere, um, motivation, healthy competition, And I would say I'm thinking hard about this one because I think there's a really important, there's a word that I'm looking for that I can't put my finger on and it kind of ties into support, but I guess I would say being, okay, this is enough bullet point. Sorry. I can't do it in a bullet point. (laughs) I, I, I I would say being able to already have, um, all the elements of a massive real estate business as a brand new agent, like yes. admin staff desk space, all that sort of great branding, brand recognition, all that sort of stuff that you didn't have to work mm-hmm. for that you're just coming into. I guess that could go under support, but
0: yeah. No, I like it. it. Yeah. No, I like that one better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Top five reasons why you'd want to be an individual agent freedom I'm gonna say freedom, 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 freedom. You get all the freedom in the world. Um, you build your own legacy. You control your own business, your time, your hours, what else was there? I'm trying to think of two more. You get paid a heck of a lot more every time you do get paid.
1: Stats. Yeah. You get the stats. And
0: yeah, you get your stats. You get like as an individual agent, you are building, building yeah, your, life, your life, your, your, your business. A bit, yeah. 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 So, yeah. all right. So hopefully this helped out. Um, do do yeah, I have a final thought? Do you have a final thought?
1: Um, I was just going to say that, again, we are new to this. Every conversation we have, we're going to go down some rabbit holes and just (laughs) tell you our thoughts and whatnot. But hopefully you can find some nuggets of value in here if you are a newer agent that is, um, you know, has these questions because I come across them on a daily basis, interviewing with new agents that want to know about team splits, this, that, whatever. So hopefully there has been some value in this for you guys.
0: Perfect. And and I just want to leave you guys on this note. That whole make sure you align yourself with people who dream bigger than you. I think this might be the second or third time we've said this, but also keep on saying this when it comes to a brokerage or a team. If your goal is 100 grand, your team better show you how to make 200. If your goal is 50 grand, your brokerage better show you how to make 500. You will only grow to the extent of your environment. Mm-hmm. And whether you're a new agent, an experienced agent that's struggling, or maybe even you're a highly successful agent that you find you're just kind of capped at. Really evaluate your environment. Make sure their goals and their plans and their systems are bigger than what you can even dream. And, and you will achieve whole new levels. Absolutely. So. All right. Sayonara.
1: Awesome. Have a great one.